Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry, right here on KOPN.org, your community radio station in Columbia, Missouri, and uh, streaming on the web, as well as live at uh, 89.5 FM. Glad you're with us. I'm Dick Dalton, your host, and uh, each week we have the pleasure of talking to someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. And this week we're going to Sedona, Arizona to uh, talk with Susie Brighton, who I met uh, recently. And let me just read a tad, Susie, from uh, your website, Susie Brighton whose mission is to assist in the awareness of the power within humanity to revolutionize wellness, relationships, lives, and the environment. Wow, that's a, that's a wonderful thing to do. Hi, Susie Brighton. Welcome. Hi, Dick. Thank <laughs> you for having me here. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, we just actually met a couple of weeks ago on another Zoom call as uh, sometimes happens where you get connected with people around the world and say, hey, well, uh, maybe you could be on my radio show. And, and here we are, uh, which was great. My wife and I have been in Sedona a couple of times. And I noticed that uh, since we're on Zoom today recording this for uh, Monday's show, that you have red hair, which kind of matches the rocks out there in Sedona. It does. That's that's kind of why I put a, a green waterfall behind me, green oh. trees and waterfall, <laughs> besides the fact that I really love green trees and waterfalls, and I miss all that. Um, so my favorite place in Sedona is Red Rock Crossing. Did you go there, you and your wife? I would not know. Uh, Red Rock Crossing, you know, there were lots of places we went around, both uh, on foot and, uh, well, when we... I guess we maybe rented a, yeah, we had a rental car there at one time, a couple of times. Uh, we took the Jeep tour. Uh, you know, we went up to the airport. Uh, we went over to um, Bear Clouds Gallery. Yes. And uh, he may come up in our conversation uh, later today, so we'll see. He does incredible paintings, just oh, incredible paintings. Yeah. So when did you, or where are you from? Are you from Arizona? Uh, I usually say I'm from my mother when that question gets asked because I've lived so many places, um, upstate New York, Pennsylvania, Michigan, New Jersey, Florida, California, Oregon, and here. All right. So I'm like from all four corners of the country. <laughs> and you've been in Sedona for some time. For 16 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What drew you besides the Red Rocks? Well, um, actually, my son was uh, had gone to live in Florida for a while, and I was in Portland, Oregon, and he um, decided to leave there and asked me if I would get him a reading of where he should live, the best place he should live. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine did uh, does these uh, incredible astrology 
readings and she said anywhere across the lower part of the country or the west west side of the country and so i told him and he decided he was going to go to taos new mexico because he's an artist and he does um tile and and um i mean you know like the big mexican tiles he does marble he does all this stuff mm -hmm. you know putting in bathrooms and kitchens and um here in sedona he did a lot of incredible things in restaurants and up on the fire station uh, in jerome and other places and so but as he was getting ready to leave something told me to get him um triple a and sure enough he broke down before taos new mexico oh it used up most of his money and he called and said do you know and because my husband at the time said tell him he needs to go to sedona and i didn't know anything about sedona and but when he said that i thought yeah yeah you need to go to sedona so he's he called me and said do you know anyone there and i said well i don't know anybody but i heard one of the the bookstore owners at mount shasta where i used to go a lot talking about Sedona to a client and I, I just mentioned her I mean I just heard the name but I didn't really pay attention to their conversation so I called her mm -hmm. and she said I know one person <laughs> and that one person lived here um, not too far from where I am now and she uh, ended up renting him her little travel trailer thing mm -hmm. and the first night he was there, they stayed up all night talking because she was an artist as well. Oh, wow. And she had this art studio and wanted to put in a hearth under her wood stove and had been collecting river rocks and asked him if he would do it. <laughs> so he did. And then she, instead of charging him, she let him stay for a certain period of time while he did that. And then she liked it so much, she wanted him to do her bathroom. So when she went to the local store, she was telling the owner about this kid who did this incredible work and he said tell him i want to hire him so he ended up moving here and that's why he needed to come to sedona because <laughs> he had a destiny here and he was here for you know for i don't know how many years five to ten years something like that mm -hmm. and so when i came he had been here two months and he mentioned the words boynton canyon and when I heard those words, something pulled from my belly, from my belly to Sedona. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, I have to go to Sedona. And I have no idea why. And I don't know anything about Sedona. And so I came. Mm -hmm. And I had these incredible experiences. Um, one of them at Red Rock Crossing. I was here a month. And I just went, you know, I got up every morning. Um, and went out to the vortexes, you know, at different places, five, six o'clock in the morning, because it was like February, March or April of that year. And um, uh, as we were walking in Boynton Canyon the first time, we got back to where there was little trees. Um, it was back in the canyon a ways. And there were little spring flowers. And suddenly these faces and these hands appeared in these flowers and they waved at me and they said oh my god we're so glad you're here we're so happy to see you and i didn't know what to do because i didn't know you could communicate with all of life mm -hmm. so i kind of smiled at them and i thought to them 
thank you, and kept going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um, a ways further back in, suddenly my body stopped on the path. And, and there's a temple, an ancient temple in that, that's in that canyon. And suddenly I was communicating with these sisters from the time the water was here and the temple was there mm -hmm. thousands of years ago. And it was as if there were no time and no space. Mm -hmm. And so those are the two <laughs> main weird things mm -hmm. that happened to me that I had no clue about. Mm -hmm. um, and since then, I found a book written by a guy who did talk about the temple and other things that happened when the water was here. When the water was here. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just say that uh, when Marsh and I were there, we saw these big signs about vortexes. And, you know, that's kind of uh, in my area of uh, academia, a little bit on the fringe. Can you give us any uh, insights into what a vortex is or, or how people think of it, in at least in Sedona? Well, actually, I ended up once I moved here and my son had already moved away, I met um, this MIT scientist who had written a book, What is a Vortex? And then he wrote another book. And um, Pete Sanders is his name. And I got his training and ended up being on his website for a while. Um, he's still here and he takes people, you know, out into places. And he talks about a vortex as being a spot where the energy, um, like at Red Rock Crossing, there's there's um, there's water energy that moves, and then there's earth energy there, you know, and then there's places where the energy goes up the land, hmm. um, and then there's energies where it comes down the land, and so he talks about these different kinds of vortexes, and how you can find them where you live, mm -hmm. so that you can. You can find those spots and what they do is they they open you their their doorways to other dimensional um realms hmm. and so you can have huge understandings of all kinds of things just come to you when you go and meditate and you quiet your mind and you open to receive in those places and you can feel the higher frequencies because they vibrate in a higher way and so there's like seven or eight major ones, but the whole area really is a vortex. And so when planes fly over, they, um, you know, they sometimes their uh, equipment gets mm -hmm. affected by the magnetics that are here. Oh. Okay. And so when I first came and I transferred my car insurance and I was in the in car insurance place here in Sedona, transferred from Portland to here, I came out of there laughing and laughing because we talked about UFOs and something else that I just thought, you know, only in Sedona <laughs> would this kind of thing happen. I mean, people weren't really talking about those things then, you know, I mean, now it's like everywhere. But <laughs> well, unless, unless you were over um, in New Mexico for a while or, you know, we have our 1947 visitors down in New Mexico Ah. They'll go there and talk about that. Yeah. Well, and, and many countries have released their files about that now. 
-hmm. you know. The disclosure project. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. The disclosure project. Yes. Um, He actually came to uh, Portland when I lived there many years ago, and he put on a presentation uh, where he had interviewed all these different military people. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was before he did his news program where they only gave him like two minutes or something on the regular news to, you know, to let people know that, yes, there are extraterrestrials. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we hear that uh, the world is not ready to know the truth about that yet. So, <laughs> you know, that's of... what they tell us, but they've, they've done all kinds of studies and most people do believe now. I, I'm on that uh list i believe <laughs> i've seen them here in sedona actually uh-huh. I, I was at a party early on when i when i came here and i was out on somebody's deck and there was a lot of people on the deck and inside and all of a sudden there was this ship and it just kind of stayed there for the longest time mm-hmm. and that was that's not the only one so anyway it's a place where you can get in touch with yourself and your the higher expression, and, and it's like a multidimensional consciousness place. Hmm. And we are multidimensional consciousnesses, but we don't know that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, here is a place where you can you can suddenly get information about the cosmos. I, I met a young man just the other day who was meditating and last about a year and a half ago had this sudden awakening of the quantum everything <laughs> and how it all worked. Mm-hmm. And now he's he's teaching people because well, he understands it all. I mean, so many things happen to people here mm-hmm. that they, you know, that opens them to who they are in on a greater self level. Well, I remember that uh, one place that Marcia and I went, uh, one of our trips was to a gallery of, uh, a Native American named uh, Bear Cloud, and we were just kind of blown away with his artwork, and and he had a book for sale called uh, Seven Fires, and uh, we bought the book, and I read uh, as much as I could till we got into the pyramid, and I was fine with the, the crop circles that he got into, but he got to the pyramids, and I, I, I just kind of lost my place in it but uh i think you're familiar with his gallery aren't you i am i've i've seen those pictures i've seen his mm-hmm. book um the one of the i forget how many pyramids there are in there i just love um that's it's in another dimensional plane or planet mm-hmm. or something i don't remember exactly what but mm-hmm. but i felt the energies of it and that's what one of the things that he does is he paint he puts in there the energies of the places that he paints mm-hmm. and the beings that you know that might be you know they're like a tree spirit or a, a land spirit or something mm-hmm. and uh, he's just incredible just incredible i love his work and i also went to egypt in oh. 1994 um i actually um had gone to a conference by Dr. Fred Allen Wolf and um, Nikki Scully, who's a, a shaman. Dr. Fred Allen Wolf is one of the ones who was in what 
this or the secret it was called mm -hmm. and he you know he's a, a physicist and he taught down at, at a place in in oregon not too far from eugene oregon mm -hmm. at the school there the college yeah. and he i had first met him when he had a he put on a thing called we found god at the schnitzer auditorium and it was a, an event for scientists and anyone else who wanted to come. And I, I had to go <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, I've been studying, you know, since my son was three, you know, everything I could get my hands on about all of creation and and about the Bible and everything. And, and so he said, we found God. And he talked about God as a she, the mm -hmm. she energy, the feminine energy. Mm -hmm. And so he and Nikki Scully were having an event in Eugene the following weekend. And so I went and um, then I was on Nikki Scully's mailing list. And I got this, this uh, advertisement for an event going to Egypt in 1995 of January, 1995 and with nothing but women. And I just thought, Oh my God, that sounds like such fun. I never even thought of going to Egypt before, but <laughs> wouldn't it be fun to go with a bunch of women? But then I kind of forgot about it. And then the next one came and it was for what was called the 1212 of 1994. And it was um, uh, what the, the energies of unconditional love were going to be coming into the earth on the morning of December 12th, 1994. And if you were there, it would in the great pyramid, it would be like being at the head of a spring when the pure water comes out of the mountain mm -hmm. um, and getting that pure energy and the pure water. And so then I really had an urge to go and mm -hmm. I, read all the things and I thought, oh my gosh, 270 people went oh, wow. at that event from around the world, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, and I did not know anything really about Egypt when I went. Again, like Sedona, I was clueless, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so as we drove down into the town of Aswan, I had I suddenly started to cry and I didn't know why I was crying. And we had, I don't know how many buses <laughs> for mm -hmm. the 270 of us and three big ships. Mm -hmm. So uh, I felt someone looking at me and it was a woman in the seat behind me and she had tears coming down her face as well. So we kind of hugged arms over the seat. And then when we got out of the bus, we went into the boat uh, that we were assigned and went clear up to the top. And these two women were there and one of them was saying um, to the other, I've been here a whole mess of times and those caves on the other side of the Nile are where the ancient priests and priestesses are buried. And my little bus friend said to me, I know I'm buried there. <laughs> and I was shocked that she said that. And I thought, well, was I? I mean, is that why I was sobbing? I, I mean, clueless, you know, I have no idea. And then um, we talked for a while with these women and she said they still highly honor them today. They light it up at night. They do ceremonies regularly and all this other stuff. And so when we were done talking, we went down to the next level and we're waiting in line when suddenly our parts of our souls came back into our bodies. Hmm. And we both felt it. And I was 
shocked and my body was shaking and I didn't know what to do. And, but she did. So anyway, then that night we went to, um, the, uh, temple of Isis Mm -hmm. and with the, uh, the temple of Hathor behind it. And, um, as I went onto the Island, we were there for the light and sound show and everybody was going to the right. And I had this urge to go to the left by myself. And I stood there in front of this place that I didn't know was the temple of Isis with the temple of Hathor behind it. And there was either a a rope or a chain. And so I couldn't go any further. And suddenly this (laughs) of huge, huge, huge energies came downloading into my body. My whole body shook and my hand was vibrating like crazy. And these energies were shooting out of my hand into this temple into this land and I all of a sudden I was aware that oh my gosh we're healing a place mm-hmm. I've never healed a place before only people mm-hmm. and so so the energies just came and came and cleared all this dark heavy energy from p- people over the centuries mm-hmm. that they had been carrying and and left in this land mm-hmm. and um and then when the energies were were clear. Uh, oh, oh, and while that was happening, and my whole body is shaking and vibrating, my hands shaking and vibrating, and I'm making these sounds mm-hmm. with my voice, suddenly the tour group came. <laughs> and okay. I tried to stop the sounds from coming. <laughs> and it was like trying to hold back a river. And I only had two thoughts. And one was, obviously, I was meant to do this, or it wouldn't be happening. And the other thought was, I have no idea if and when I'll ever be here again. Mm-hmm. And obviously I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I opened my mouth. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Continued and looked like a fool in front of all of these people. <laughs> and then the tour group moved on eventually. And then my hand changed and it, and it started raising up and lifting up and and the sounds changed and i realized oh my gosh we're opening the portal wider for this unconditional love to come in for humanity mm-hmm. and that's what was happening and um there turns out to that there actually were um seven of us and that was our job the seven of us from the 270 other people did other things mm-hmm when they were aware enough of the spirituality of it all Mm -hmm. um, because they had their own job to do. And then uh, there were nine of us for the night before the 1212 for the great pyramid. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we had to get snuck in to the great pyramid to do our Mm -hmm. work on, you know, the, the day before. And, uh, I mean, it it was a life-changing experience and I didn't know anything, (laughs) but everything was happening and um, it was my job apparently as a soul, you know, like now I know that as a soul, that was my job and that I have other jobs like now, you know, I just got cancer uh, in at the end of um, March, I felt it and found it and and it was a fast-growing tumor. Susie. Yes. Before we go into that, can I reintroduce you to our listening guests? Yes. 
Folks, you're listening to Glocal News and Social Artistry here on KOPN, your community radio station. Uh, I'm the host, Dick Dalton, and my guest today is Susie Brighton from Sedona, Arizona at the moment. And uh, been telling us of some of her journeys in life, and a recent journey she just started to tell us about is a cancer that she uh, started to experience last uh, March. And uh, as we talk about that, we want to be sure and backtrack a little bit because you've talked already about healing, not just uh, on your Egypt trip, but healing other people. So we, we want to get into some of the gifts that you've uh, operated in for a long time as well. Last March, uh, I was diagnosed with this fast-growing breast tumor carcinoma, mm-hmm. 2.8 millimeters or however they, meant they mm-hmm. measure it. And um, so I was sent to a breast surgeon, and it took a month and a half for me to get in to see her. And um, she gave me a notebook filled with all kinds of information and, you know, wanted me to see the radiologist and the chemo man. So I did those things. And, um, and I met a woman the first time I was there who had just come out of the hospital and she had, um, uh, edema, um, I forget what they call it, where the, the body swells up and she had had both breasts removed and they took out lymph nodes and they took out part of a nerve in her arm. And so her arm was permanently numb. I mean, she couldn't feel anything. And she was in the hospital for a month before they were able to let her out. And, you know, she had just gotten out and was seeing the doctor or the surgeon rather. So then the second time I went, there was another woman who had had both breasts removed and she was still in a lot of pain. So I experienced those two things. When I was diagnosed, I didn't think about it very much because I know that that word cancer generates tremendous fear in people and trauma. And so I didn't let myself think about that at all. And so uh, because when I was in my 20s and my first husband was in his early 30s, he got cancer of the voice box and they wanted to take out his voice box and put in a machine to talk through. And because he was a ladies man and, you know, an, an alcoholic, he didn't want them to do that. Apparently his aunt had one of those. So, but I didn't know that. And I didn't know that, it, you know, that those kind of things can run in the family ancestrally that there be a weakness anyway he bought a book called how to get well from a health food store and um he got b15 from russia that was illegal um and that boosts the immune system and so i read the book and thought oh my god we're eating nothing but dead food and junk food you know no wonder there's nothing live here you know And so I totally changed our diet to nothing but fruits and vegetables and um, tons of vitamins and minerals. And I juiced for him every day, carrot, parsley, and celery. And his voice box grew back and the cancer went away. Mm-hmm. And he was fine for the next like 35, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And so I knew about that when I was diagnosed. So I didn't get too concerned about it. And then I also had facilitated some cancer healing for a few people. There was a man 
uh, named Alden who called me from Phoenix um, uh, several years back. I don't remember exactly when. And he was a healer who had fourth stage lung cancer. Hmm. And he and I was going down because they had the the uh, organization Bruno Groning Circle of Friends had asked me to be the community leader down in Phoenix because they had 80 some people and nobody to lead it. And I said no the first time and I finally said yes. So I was going down every three weeks and Bruno Groning was called the miracle healer in Germany. He died in 1959, but he would say to them, you forgot about God and I didn't. And as a little child, he used to run off into the woods and just be, be with God in the flowers and the plants and the trees and the animals. And, and then he started running away further and further because he was afraid of the people, but he was not afraid of the animals. So even wild animals were out there with him, you know, starting at age three. And he was not afraid of them, even healed a lot of them. And so um, he would talk to them about God and they would be 30,000 people. And they'd be getting off their deathbeds and out of their wheelchairs. And they would have these miracle healings. And the one that made me cry the most was in the little video that you watched about him. This man had stomach cancer. And whenever he would tell his story, I'd cry every time. Because he was so genuine and so emotional about it because it saved his life. He couldn't eat anything anymore. You know, he had to fight because it was you or me. And, you know, I didn't want to fight, but I had to. And um, and it's, he just made me cry because he was so beautiful. And he says, and somehow we found Bruno and we went and he said, and, and I was healed instantly, instantly this would happen. Mm -hmm. where they would get off their deathbeds out of their wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. So, um, and when I found this, I kept for a couple of years, I would see miracle healings in front of my eyes. And I would think I'm going to Google that, but I didn't for a few years. And finally, one day I was sitting at the computer when it happened, I'd say mm -hmm. miracle healings. Oh, okay. I'm going to like, I'm going to Google that right now. And it was like the number one thing under miracle healings. And I saw pictures and I, again, I sobbed because it was like scenes of Jesus, you know, and when I was a child, I just loved Jesus and I wanted to be like him as far as the goodness that he was. I didn't know anything about healing. I didn't think of that, um, but I just loved the beauty of his soul and his being and his teachings. And so, so anyway, uh, so then this man called me from Phoenix with his fourth stage lung cancer. And I went and um, I invited him to the group, but he couldn't come. So I said, well, I can come there. So I went, we talked for a little bit and then uh, I had him lay down and I put my hands on the front and the back of his, his lungs. And then before I had a chance to say much of anything, I said, I'm starting to see a past life because we're souls. And with, as souls, we have these different lifetimes. That, that's what the importance is of, of what's happening right now is people need to be aware, become aware that they're a soul. They're not just this human being, this limited 
person. They're this unlimited soul. And so, so anyway, I said, I'm seeing this past life. And he said right away, I'm a woman in India. And these barbarians came and they raped and they pillaged and they murdered and they kept me captive. And then they raped and abused me and I committed suicide after two months. And I was kind of shocked. <laughs> Nobody had yeah. ever done that in a session before. Mm-hmm. And so I, I said, found myself saying, so what was your first thought when you left your body? And it was, I shouldn't have done that. There was a purpose for that lifetime. Mm-hmm. And as I watched, and looked at that soul in that lifetime, I saw these dark cords, these beams going from these dark spirits. And I got attacked in my neighborhood park back in Portland in 1996. And so, so I had to learn about the dark forces and the dark spirits and I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. But when I did, I lost all my fear of them. And then God spoke to me and said, now your real work begins. So here I was, you know, with my hands on this man in Phoenix, and I see these cords where these dark beings were influencing the barbarians with thoughts sent to them by the barbarians to to uh, rape and pillage and murder, which they did. Mm-hmm. And then I saw these dark beams going to this woman in India, which was the soul of this man in another lifetime influencing her to commit suicide which she did mm-hmm. so we cut the cords to the dark beings and and cleared all this trauma from that lifetime from witnessing all the murders and the abuse and and then and her experiencing all of that herself and 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 then when we were finished as i started to move back in time to now, I saw that the soul had five or six other lifetimes where the same thing would happen. Mm-hmm. Each time the soul would fail, as Edgar Casey, if anybody knows about Edgar Casey, talks about when the soul fails, then they come in again mm-hmm. to try to do that, accomplish that same thing. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, the soul kept coming back, and each time there would be a trauma of some kind. The dark spirits would latch on with their thoughts, sending mm-hmm. to, to that person or that soul, and the soul would fail. Mm-hmm. And there's no judgment about failing, and you know, at all, you know, in in the cosmos and, and in the, you know, the um, the divine realm of the creator or God or in in whatever words you know you want to call that presence. Mm-hmm. Um, that macrocosmos or whatever, um, or Allah, G- or Jesus, you know. Um, so there's there's absolutely no judgment for any of the souls. And then in this little booklet that I found about those dark spirits, their job is to influence us to fight each other. They're there to make us fight each other because souls are now choosing. We're at the end of this 26,000 year cycle that the Mayans talk about. Mm -hmm. And we failed in every one of the ages before this Mm -hmm. to get to that place of love and support for each other. And so this now we're at that choice time where the souls are choosing, Mm -hmm. are they going to rise up and go into, you know, back towards where we came from into this higher realm and higher awareness 
of the souls and, and where we came from and who we are? Or are we going to get further enmeshed in materiality with all the spending and buying and, you know, and and the loss and this, you know, all of that. So, um, so we're at that choice point right now. Welcome again, friends, to Glocal News in Social Artistry uh, here on KOPN, your uh, community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. Uh, so glad you're with us. So glad you support KOPN and community radio. Uh, been here for close to 50 years now. Uh, next year will be our 50th anniversary. And uh, we're moving this year into our own building, uh, which is exciting for so many reasons. Uh, and can still use your support in uh, not just our daily operations, but in uh, making that building uh, uh, fully paid for, if you know what I mean. So keep the support coming. We, we do appreciate it greatly. Uh, my guest today is Susie Brighton out in Sedona, Arizona. Hi, uh, Susie. Uh, you're about to tell us about uh, your own cancer healing process. Right. And uh, I, I don't want us to get our hour done without talking about sound okay. and possibly your connection with uh, Jonathan and Andy Goldman and, and just yes. a few other things about how people at home can think more about their own awareness and, and uh, healing. Yes. So what happened with that man, Alden, is once we came back through time and we cleared the different lifetimes uh, and uh, disconnected those dark cords again, you know, for each lifetime and, and cleared the trauma and the, and the dark, heavy energies. And in this lifetime, he sat up and he said, I know my cancer's gone. And I mean, I was shocked. I was so shocked. And he took me outside. He, he was house sitting for someone who had passed and their relatives were unable to come and, and take care of the property at that time. So he took me outside and he fed the the donkeys, the peacocks, the chickens, the some something else. And then he picked some fruit from a tree. And I drove home holding the steering wheel, going, Oh my God, this 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 was a God call. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. knew that when he first told me. And I just thought, oh my God, I need, I need to go down, I need to go there. And, and so it was, it was a God call and it changed my life as well as his. And sure enough, um, you know, a week later, the doctor saw him, couldn't believe how good he looked. Mm -hmm. And then a month later, they did tests and couldn't find any, any mass at all. Mm -hmm. And then two months later, he, I kept in touch. He said, well, now they're telling me there's something going on with my liver. I said, okay, I'll be back. Mm -hmm. And when I went back, um, he uh, said uh, when we were done, he says, you took something, you reached in, or no, you took some dark, heavy energies up my back and out of the top of my head, dark, greenish, brownish energies, and you reached into my liver and took something out. And what I do is I put my thumb on the person's body mm -hmm. and then my hand vibrates mm -hmm. and I make sounds. The source of all that is comes through me. And I am a witness to what happens. I'm a, the vessel for the energies. I'm the vessel for the pictures that come to show me these past life things or these ancestral patterns or ancestral things or something in the body, whatever it is. 
and I make sounds based on the frequencies that are inside that stuck, those stuck places. Because mm -hmm. when we have a trauma, we go <gasps> and we hold on to it. If we and if we don't let the feelings come and let the energies come, they stick. And then every time, and then because we have these energies, when we experience something like that, then our bodies, again, we feel this, and each time we go, and we pull in and hold back because it triggers us. Those are our, those things that trigger our feelings. Mm -hmm. They build up and build up until like this one minister who taught this class about, and he called it flat brain. Hmm. He, he did a drawing of a person with, you know, with a line here across across the middle of his forehead, and the and the head opened like this, and the soul pops out. Mm. When we have those experiences where they build up and build up like a volcano, and then the soul pops out, and then the body reacts because it has all of this trauma. And if especially if we're being influenced by these dark beings, we can go off and kill somebody, and then the soul comes back in. When, when that's over, when the reaction is over and whatever the body needs to do or that it's influenced to do by this dark spirit, the soul comes back in and goes, what happened? What, what happened? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what just happened. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see that sometimes. In, and I, was, uh, I had to research stories like that of little young men who went off and killed somebody and and that's the kind of thing that happened or they were aware of someone telling them what to do but then again they were not there they weren't present when the deed happened you know mm -hmm. and um so there was a lot of those different kind of stories that i saw so then um alden ended up moving away and he you know started doing his healing work again because he was a healer who couldn't heal himself. Mm -hmm. And so um, so I knew those things. And then there was a woman here in Camp Verde named Sue, who also, and, and she's on my website, suzybrighton.com. Um, she, she ended up getting healed of four stage lung cancer. And her neighbor was doing um, uh, Reiki on her and I was doing my sound stuff. And she, you know, late, a week later went to her doctor and her doctor was on vacation, but the other doctor said, I've never seen cancer regressing before. A week after that, her own doctor was back and said, I've never seen cancer regressing before. Mm -hmm. So she's been cancer free for over three years now. And so I knew all this when I got diagnosed. Mm -hmm. So I didn't let myself get afraid. And I didn't even let myself think about it very much. And the next morning I woke up and I, and I knew that, um, this was a gift and that this was going to give me um, blessings. And I also knew that um, my millivolts must be low because I got trained on a machine once called the Papimi machine that worldwide is healing people of all kinds of stuff, but got outlawed in the US, but the Greek physicist who taught about it said that healthy cells vibrate at 72 millivolts a second disease sets in at 58 millivolts a second so there's a dividing line between healthy and unhealthy mm -hmm. 
And then cancer and tumor are down here at 20 and 28 millivolts a second. So I realized my millivolts must be low. And I, I have a friend who has um, a scalar wave machines. And so I, I went there and I also found um, a man who does uh, muscle testing. And so he was able to tell me, you know, what was happening with the tumor, whether it was grow, you know, not, it was never growing, but whether how much smaller it was getting and when. Mm -hmm. And he also did acupuncture and I bought myself a, um, uh, what do you call the xylophone? Mm -hmm. Because there's a, there is a French composer orchestra or French orchestra leader who traveled around with his orchestra around the world and has started playing around with sound. And I have a picture, nine pictures on my website. You can see the nine different pictures of this cancer cell dissolving in 14 minutes from the xylophone. Hmm. And he said, the voice does it in nine minutes. Well, I use the voice, which then explained to me, you know, about what I was doing because I was just be the vessel of the divine. Mm -hmm. And it would lead me into these different things that that person needed and that particular vibration that the person needed. Um, and everybody is different and everybody has different vibrations and everybody has different stuck, you know, spots in their bodies and different disease, dis-ease, mm -hmm. because it's a dis-ease with something in their life. So I knew also that I had a dis-ease in my life and it was on the right side so it, it was a masculine energy and the left side is feminine energy so so and i would having a lot of anger in the last few years because i never paid attention to the politics and stuff but now i was paying attention mm -hmm. and i was paying attention to the division i was paying attention to what was happening on the earth to the earth and the destruction that was happening i was paying attention to what was happening with the children and with you know with people um you know with this this mass consciousness matrix that we're in you know of particular ways of thinking and and fighting against each other and i knew that gosh the dark forces are here having their you know their play with people and people think they're their own thoughts well bruno groning said thoughts just come in and if you accept them as your own then you uh, you undo your own energy because you create your own dis-ease in your body. So I knew all that. Mm -hmm. And I just started doing different things. I started changing my diet, um, like to more to what we did um, when we healed my first husband, nothing but fruits and vegetables. I also changed my diet to mung beans because the ancient secrets of a master healer book talked about mung beans and how it took toxins out of the body and i had read that it if the lymphatic system if it had toxins in it would put a uh, a growth around the toxins to protect it, the body from the toxins and we call those cancer lumps in the breast and so um and I don't remember if it was just the breast, but so I knew that I needed to bounce on a trampoline to get my lymphatic system working. Um, and so that it would start taking the toxins out. And there were a lot of different things I did. But um, now, uh, you know, it's I thought it was gone, but it's down to two little spots. 
And from 2.8, it's down to two little spots that are 0.3 and 0.6. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, and that's with not even paying much attention to it, really. Um, bec- uh, oh, and the major thing I did, the major thing I did was I knew that they were calling it cancer, and this is the morning after, but that I knew a different reality. I knew it was stuck energy mm-hmm. and that I had something that was causing me to get angry um, and causing me to be emotional that was stuck in there that had to do with the masculine people, the masculine men, people. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up doing a huge healing on myself one time. And I, I, my whole body, I was so shaken afterwards. It lasted about 45 minutes where I went into my ancestral line on my mother's side. And there was all of this patriarchal abuse and rape and mistreatment of men and women that was so bad. And that that was part of what was stuck. And then I needed to find inside my body from in the right side of the breast. Mm-hmm. And so then I got this big growth in my eye and I ended up in, in the bottom lid and it was huge, so big and so fast that I couldn't, um, close my eye. And so then um, I went to six eye doctors and an eye surgeon and they, none of them really knew what it was except inflammation. So I researched inflammation and I just ate everything that didn't have to do with inflammation. They did put, um, you know, give me a shot of three things, three times in the lower lid. But um, anyway, it, I, it got well and it, and it went away. Um, and I, again, I just ate things for my eyes and not for inflammation and, and it all went away. And, um, so then, um, you want me to talk about Jonathan Goldman. I got trained like 30 years ago. I think he's the forerunner of sound healing. And during his workshop, I was laying on the floor this one day and he played, he talked about the angel of sound and how the angel had, who was the master of sound appeared to him. And he ended up then making this, this um, recording that at that time was a tape and now it's a CD and it's called uh, the angel of sound. And so he had us lay on the floor and tune into this angel and see if we could like merge with the angel or connect with the angel in some way. And as he played this, I shot up into 22 pyramids of light in these different dimensional places. You know, I mean, 22 times. And I had this incredible experience that I thought I would never forget. And then I did, I forgot it. Hmm. And when I ran into him about four years ago, and I told him about that. He remembered, and he remembered the two women from OHSU who brought him into uh, OHSU in Oregon, in Portland, to teach the class. He says, that's what's supposed to happen to people. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, awesome. And when that happened, I thought, oh, my God, I have done healings before in other in ancient times and other soul times, like lifetimes and lifetimes mm-hmm. of healings. And and so, um, so I just allow myself to be that vessel 
for this source to come through and express through words, express through vibrations and sounds. And, and then I witnessed these things that happen to people that when they allow and the depth to what they allow, even as far as instant miracle healings, like pain instantly going away. I had an airline pilot from Braniff Airlines and his shoulder was killing him for a long time. And it just, he says, I can, to have the pain just go away instantly, it's like so amazing. I had a man who owned a massage school and his, it, he had uh, pain that was killing him. And again, it went away and it had to do with his grandson getting into an accident and him beating himself up with his thoughts of, oh, I should have been there. I should have seen him more, you know, and all this stuff was stuck. And his grandson was in the hospital for a long time and almost died and feeling responsible and not good enough. And all this stuff was stuck in his body. And once it came out, the pain went away and he was a massage school owner and he couldn't believe that this went away like that. <laughs> so I never know. And I just trust that something wonderful is going to happen to that person. And I, I want to start helping women with cancer um, to be there for them, to help them be, you know, like, take my hand and let me let me help you through this. And so I'm coming up with a new website. And I mean, I need help. I, I need to have somebody help me with a website and all this other stuff, because I know nothing, you know. Um, and well, you and do that, have a. A website called Holy Grail Healing. Yes. Dot com. Is that a new website or is that just a, a, a another old one? It's it's one that a friend recently put together for me, but um, but I need to do something different. My my soul is telling me that I need to do something different than what I've been doing mm -hmm. for twenty nine years, and that now I need to start um, helping women. Uh, and others through their dis-ease process. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of it is teaching healers how to do what I do because I need to give this legacy to mm -hmm. people. Right. And so the vision that was given me years ago was of this worldwide center where people come like they did for John of God, but that they come here and that all, there's all these healers and um, and just people come to get healed, mm -hmm. and uh, and it's a nonprofit, and I have no idea how to do any of that, and so I, I need help. <laughs> Putting out the appeal for help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, what I'm getting from our conversation is that there is a a word called uh, paranormal where people say well it's not really normal the things you're talking about that it's not normal <laughs> well uh, i read recently that somebody said i want to be called abnormal <laughs> well and there is a book called the field written by a scientist and and so many physicists and others have now said you know, that all this is possible and that it, it, it is this field that we're in, this divine field. You can call it a divine field or scientific called quantum, you know, quantum physics, quantum mechanics. You can call it whatever, but it's there is this um, energy, this frequency. And I want to lift people up to this high frequency 
for their soul and their soul purpose and help them find what their soul purpose is because we're all created to be different. We're all created to think different. You know, like all this warring and fighting is is not how we're supposed to be, not how we're created to be. We're here to be, you know, like this oneness. Um, everything has its part to play in this creation. You know, we're not here to be divisive at all. Amen. <laughs> or all women, as some would say. <laughs> Get your so, divine feminine in there as well as uh, your male energy. Yeah, so I want to have like women's healing circles as well, you know, and and for men, for, you know, for maybe for veterans or whatever, you know. Um, everybody needs to come back to that place of wholeness in themselves and remembrance of who they are. Well, and we all have our feminine and masculine parts of us. So uh, right. a lot of men don't know how to tap into the their feminine side and uh, probably the same for some women that aren't acknowledging right. their male side. So uh, lots to learn. You're always learning yourself, which is a oh. great thing about uh, yeah. our conversation today is to just watch you as you tell your story of learning <laughs> i'm still learning every day <laughs> and being, being open to uh the field or to god or whatever label we're going to give to that yeah right and, and the dark forces job was to tell us not to open up to any of that and, mm -hmm. and make help us to make fun of it and limit ourselves to keep us small just like in the movie the matrix you know when he was in that pod mm -hmm. <laughs> and didn't know who he really was that's mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. you know and he thought he was had this job and he's doing all the stuff when there was a totally different reality happening and so the soul reality is a totally different reality not well, like I, this I'm, I'm looking forward to talking some more to you sometime maybe <laughs> <laughs> certainly after this show okay i would love it all right. <laughs> Well, Susie Brighton, what a pleasure to meet you and uh, get to know you a bit. This has been fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity and this blessing. And friends, uh, remember, wherever you are, that is your world. Uh, please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it. Because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care. Talk to you soon.